Welcome to another episode of Hempire. I'm Pete Barenberg. I'm always here with Nick DeFrancesco, CEO and founder of Purewell. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Pete. We're just getting back from Chicago, cutting some people up. We were at a cadaver lab, which is kind of cool. I can do with uh, Achilles lengthening now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for all the listeners, we went to... Um, it's MIFAS. It's a cadaver lab out in Chicago where, you know, we talk to a lot of doctors and healthcare professionals. And uh, I le- uh, you actually got to, you know, touch a dead leg and, uh, you know, and learn some surgery, Pete. I definitely learned some surgery. So if anybody needs to get a little longer in their Achilles, they can call me up. Cheap cheap price. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Real cheap. (laughs) He's better on the dead ones, folks. He's much better on the dead ones. (laughs) They don't scream as much or sue. You know, it's kind of funny because, uh, well, go ahead, uh, Pete. I want to introduce who we got on. We're on that same theme of dead. So let's talk about who we got on today. Uh, we have actually uh, one of the founders of uh, Hollywood Undead and uh, also the Rams head cannabis uh, industry and uh, owners. Uh, we have uh, Richard as well. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. How are you I'm doing? kind of nervous talking to you, sickos, talking about dead bodies and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, Pete was freaking me out. Uh, he, was, he was very excited about you touching. Like a, gleam, a gleam in his eye you've never seen before? No, what's crazy is it definitely had just, a sparkle. No. It was, it's crazy. They just give every one of these doctors a whole leg. You don't see the whole body. It's just they're all laid out in different tables with just one full leg. And, you know, it's, I mean, when you see them bringing them in and stuff, it kind of, it's a little freaky. I mean, it's, I mean, I'll whole... be honest, that like kind of gives me like the willies a little bit. That's kind of wild. Yeah, it was, it was insane. It's not you... something that, that happens all the time. Yeah, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> and I mean, they look, it's crazy when they cut them out. I mean, it's, yeah, they're dead, but you, you couldn't tell the difference the way that they, I mean, apparently they are very fresh. The guy said, so yeah, they're not that expensive either. You're talking about four to 500 bucks. You could get your own leg. Okay. You get your own leg Nick, you for sound science. Excited. You sound like you're getting excited now. I was, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I was a little freaked out, but I was excited. I thought that it was going to cost us an arm and a leg, and it was just two legs to get into the conference. So saved a little <laughs> bit of money there. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so, um, so obviously, um, you know, you guys got that new single coming out, City of the Dead. Um, it's a, fi- a cannabis-focused song, of course, um, from eight stu- your eighth studio album, which is which is awesome. Um, and then Hotel California, which is due out on August twelfth. Talk to us a little bit about cannabis and your connection to music, and uh, and you know, just tell us why you picked a cannabis-focused song, or what you know. Um, I mean, that's such a big part of my life. You know what I mean? It's like. That's all Richard and I do all day, every day, is talk about cannabis. You know what I mean? You know, once once you're just like, it's funny because I'm not going to call it a lifestyle. It's more just like brained in my life. You know what I mean? I never woke up one day. I was like, oh, I'm going to be like into cannabis. You know, you'll see people walking around with like weed socks and, you know, all their cookies gear. And they're like, oh, this is my life. I'm like, no, I never chose that. Like, just woke up one day and just started growing and I just could not stop. So I talk about cannabis more. I talk about music. Richard and I talk all day, all day every day about cannabis so like when i'm writing music it's just a it's just a part of it whether i'm smoking or not it's i'm still thinking about it you know what i mean yeah welcome to our world (laughs) with this song i was like i was thinking about like writing lyrics i was like man like tom petty would have said some cool ass shit like i'm fucking like you could say he's 
stones, you know? So <laughs> I was like, why why don't we say shit like that? I was like, so I was thinking about like Tom Petty when we wrote those lyrics. Nice. You know, and it's kind of funny what you said that, but I mean, obviously, younger kid growing up, California, you know, obviously. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny because people don't realize it's, it, okay, some people are getting into it. It's new. They see the medical benefits and everything, but for a lot of people that we bring on and just ours, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's just, it's part of your life. Like you said, you're thinking about it. You're talking about it. It's not like I, you know, just need to, Oh, it's a new thing for us. And you know, we're just repping it now and saying cannabis is a great thing. It's, it's ingrained. It's in our bloodstream. Right. So um, it is. And someone like Richard, you know, he comes from like a, he had a concrete company, you know, this dude like literally built our facility from the ground up. This dude could build anything. He could build an ark that'll save us all when the floods come. But I love it. Now yeah, you can build us a studio. Think, <laughs> you know, started learning about growing all that shit and he's the same thing. Like 11 at night, he's like texting me a photo of a bud. Like, does this look normal or are the leaves getting burned? It's like consumed him now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so let's talk about that because obviously I don't know if you know uh, too much about us and everything. I have three farms out in Pueblo and Colorado, uh, and, and Pueblo, Colorado, Chichilla, California, and uh, Evergreen, Colorado. But so I'm definitely on both sides. I've been in cannabis for for a long time, and I we do a lot of custom formulations. And I thought it was pretty cool when you were talking about Tokyo Snow and how you were, um, you know. Uh, you, the way you came about that tell us a little bit about that and and the passion that you put into trying to find something unique richard how many seeds did we pop like 200 or something yeah there was a lot of seeds to pop to find wherever you was able to find that one pheno that everybody loved and other yeah. people here too have tried to grow tokyo and it just doesn't compare to what what Jarell and i've done with it for sure it's because when we, the first uh, strain we had, it was from compound, but we had a lot, like 200 seeds, right? So clearly some of them were like herming, some were like popping, you know, seeds. And we we're like, you know, when Oklahoma first started, we're still selling the bud, you know, we're trying to, like, you know, get our legs. And people were like buying some of the bud and finding seeds and then popping those seeds, but those weren't the fennels that we kept. So like, no. oh, I got Tokyo snow, but it's like nothing like ours. It took us like three years to find this one strain of Tokyo snow and like, the colas grow like as big as our arms. It turns purple. It's gassy. It's like people have offered us thousands of dollars for a cut. And I'm just like, I can't do that. And, you know, it's like, um, it's like our staple. It's definitely our most popular strain. I mean, you know how it is from a cultivator side to find something that's like semi exotic and yields. You know what I mean? Of it course. Literally, it literally yields like Gorilla Glue or Apple, but it's not. It's like, it's pretty rare. So I love that. But just because you pop seeds doesn't mean you find a winner. You know, our friend Ramsey told us that. Like, sometimes we'll pop like 50 seeds and, we're trying to hold on to one. He's like, dude, just because you pop him doesn't mean you found a winner, dude. I'm just letting you know. And it's like it's like a year of your time wasted. You know what I mean? You know how that goes. Well, let, let me go. All right, let's. We have so much to unpack here. All right, first of all, let's go back to the fact that you're now in Oklahoma because you were obviously grew up in California. You started in California, so we're going to talk about that because yeah. why? What made you move to Oklahoma? Then, but and I also want to talk about the strain that you have and what makes a difference terpene profile things like that so let's let's go back to first why you're in oklahoma now and the difficulties you had in california and why you made that decision so starting in california like obviously on the black market that's how we all started so in garage just like the jungle boys just like you know famous grower now they also we all start in garages you know like usually valley and so finally i was like yo like this is really hard for me to maintain this business and go on tour I'm not quitting my band and I'm like, let's <clears throat> I want to go to the legal side and have a full staff and who doesn't, you know, when it first right. went legal, it was all like 
the shit that was promised to us was never really happened, obviously. So we ponied up a bunch of money. We all put in, you know, found a, an area in the green zone, as you would call it. <laughs> right. Building that's like three times, you know, what it's worth, all that shit. Then a fire inspection is 40 grand. I'm like, yo, the fucking candy factory next door. I just went and talked to them. They make caramels. It was fucking $500 for the fire inspection. Why is it right. 40 grand? And then they're like, you need to put in a diaper changing table. I'm like, kids, no one under 21 is allowed to enter the building. There's no diapers. <laughs> and then they're like, you need to move this wall. Move the wall. So every time they come in and tell you something, it's six months before the city comes back. Next thing you know, it's like a year down. And the uh, you're paying like all this money for nothing. You're not allowed fucking to. Fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So then one of the like the owner of the building, he was like, I'm just firing this bitch up. Oh, I'm black. Walked away. It's just so I still wanted to be in the legal state. That's when I went to Oklahoma and And they kind of gave away too many licenses out there. That's a whole nother like can of worms. Like everybody went to Oklahoma and started drawing. It's a little too easy. You know, I've seen I've seen some of the worst grows in the in my life out there. I've been to thousands all over the world, you know. Because everyone just kind of jumped in out there, but like it kind of was like a second chance for guys like me. You know what I mean? To, of to course, be in the legal market. You know how it is in California. A license could be a million dollars. Well, what what I did is is, and when I got into it, um, I went on the hemp side. So we're all, you know, we're not we're cannabis, we're hemp. I did it because I wanted to not have to worry about. Not that's not the only reason, but one of the reasons that we got into this side and why I went into hemp is because I could sell in all 50 states. I didn't have the same type of regulations yeah. with cannabis. Uh, I could bank my money and things like that. And that's what a lot of people don't know. This is why I love doing this show, because here you go talking about really the trials and tribulations of what yeah. goes on with people that are trying to. Now, I mean, look, you go down to California. You can have a guy on a skateboard with a backpack trying to sell you three pounds of, you know, yeah. a weed, you know, and so anybody can grow in the back of their yard pretty much. Right. So, yeah. And, and they talk about how 80 percent of legacy weed uh, or, or cannabis sales is still legacy versus what they're trying to do and legalize it. So California has got a lot of things backwards where I think that Colorado definitely they figured got that it out. For sure. <laughs> right. Um, but so that's interesting that you said in yourself, but you just said they're just pushing you away. They're just pushing yeah. you back. They're trying to get more money. Yeah, exactly. Someone like me who's like extremely passionate about this whole industry and about growing. You know, I live, breathe and eat this. I've been growing every day. I haven't been on tour for the past. Like I just never told anyone because it, you know, I don't want to get robbed. I don't want to get arrested. So many reasons. We all know that. Right. Of course. Out, but it's like, well, you go to like a, a, a fucking neighbor down the hall and pay thirty. Like it's not a hard decision to make. You know what I mean? Like if I had to buy like a bottle of moonshine for twenty bucks or go to the store and buy moonshine for eighty bucks, that was same shit. I'd be like, I'm I'm buying it for my neighbor. You know what I mean? Like and then the L or California's talking about giving subsidies to growers. I'm like, motherfucker, you're giving us our own money back. Like right. you're gonna help us? You're, you're giving me my money back? Like fuck you! I just had enough. Man. Yeah, left pocket to right pocket. That's about it. Well, I mean, he just said it. I mean, he's sitting there trying to do the, all the right things, and then you got the guy down the street in his in his backyard growing, and you're trying to compete on the same. Not that you're. I mean, obviously, quality is king, right? But yeah, if you're, it, but price point is. Come on, price is always going to be a factor. But love for those guys because those are all my friends. You know what I mean? Right. But people aren't doing it like that. I'm like, you know what? You had the right idea. I had friends. I was like, yo, I got people with licenses want to go legal, and they're like, fuck no. Two years later, I was like, I'm glad you didn't listen. 
I would have fucking pulled you under with me. I'm glad you stayed. Well, you said, uh, right, right. Now that that's, you know, it's funny because you were just saying, um, when you're talking about people trying to get in, okay, they don't really understand what it takes. You know, it just, it, it just, it doesn't make sense to people. They're like, Oh, you're just selling weed. It's there's so much to it. You're looking to try to find a specific strain, right? You're trying to find something unique. Quality is important. You're trying to, to deal with the, the money outlay, right? You're competing with all these different people. You go to Oklahoma, obviously. I just remember you said something specifically and I couldn't remember, but now I did. You said you could even sell a pound for about 1500 right? And even at that point with taxes and everything, you're not even making money at that point. You're still down in California, even selling a pound for about 1500. I mean, 1500 right now is honestly high. Like Richard right. break down finances. Like if to a T it's like that lit. We're like for top shelf and our shit's good. The two mile horn, but I'm like, dude, we're like lucky if we're 12 right now. It's so flush. And then after taxes and expenses, like, <clears throat> Richard, what does it cost us to grow a pound right now? So uh, before we added this other room, we're, you know, we're in the 400s, middle 400s maybe, right there around it. We added another flower room to our grow, so it's going to cut our cost down a lot so we can try to stay in this market and not, you know, we can sustain it at least. No, smart, smart, absolutely. But what did you just say? I mean, you're, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? But you got to think, like, okay, so say, say we get it down to 400 You know, we spent, like, fucking millions of dollars on this on this endeavor. So, like, we got to pay us back, other people back. We got to pay our employees. So, you me for 1200 that money's not profit. You know, we're going to be, like, in red for a while now. Like, and taxes. And taxes. Right. Yeah. So, which we all know the California taxes are crazy. Now, how is it much better, obviously, in Oklahoma? Um, but what did you say? You said they saw the strains and we'll get back to the strains now. So um, they saw they saw basically um, Tokyo snow. Uh, you know, there's obviously spinoffs. But what did you notice just immediately going to Oklahoma? Bigger market, better margins. Um yeah. Right away, it was better margins. It was like $3,000 a pound. It almost wasn't fair. When I first went out there in like 2019, 2020, I was like, yo, this is like too easy. I was like, nobody knows how to grow out here, and it's fucking $3,000 a pound. So we were like blowing it out at first, and that's how we started reinvesting the money into the big facility. You know what I mean? The right. Crash, but, you know, we started all from seeds, all from compound. We literally popped like 500 seeds. So it's a lot of fennel hunting, but we had shit like people didn't have. Like, yo, I've never seen purple wheat before. I was like, okay, <laughs> like, right. purple weed, but that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun at first, but then, you know, everyone figured it out. I got friends from LA that came out there and set up 500,000 light spots. You know, we're talking like 20,000 square feet. They didn't do it. Shit. It's only $2,500 and land is 40 grand to buy. Building is cheap. If you go outside of city limits, not a lot of regulations. So it's like, again, I'm not hating on these people. I know a lot of these people, but they're just like, everybody went too big, too fast. Oklahoma is the state that crashed the, the national market for sure. 
Well, you think it's the it's very similar what Kentucky and other places did in hemp. So, and just these major companies. I mean, yeah. what we do is we do specialized formulas, and that's why I want to get back to Tokyo Snow and what makes you guys different. But that's what we did. We, you know, there's CBD on every corner. There's head shops. There's all these different stuff. We don't do anything like that. We sell to doctors and healthcare professionals. We do custom formulations. We've won medical awards. We really are on a different level, but we differentiate ourselves because of that. And, and that's kind of why I, I keep getting back to this Tokyo Snow, Tokyo Snow, yeah. trying to get this out of you. You're saying the color, and the color is great, fine. But what is in, is it the Terp profile? What are you guys looking for that you're saying? What makes this so special and why you went pheno hunting and this is what you came up with? I mean, that, so right now, unfortunately, I wish I could you know, fly about it. Dude, unfortunately, I love to tell you like, oh, it's the best Terps, it's this, it's that. Literally, right now, people are only buying purple. So when you're running a commercial facility and you have to keep your lights on, you can throw purple shit. Like, right, okay. Strain called Puta Breath. Uh, the breeder was Thug Pug. I've had this strain for like nine years. I gave it to friends. It got passed around. I just got it back. My friend still has it. The Terps are insane. It's the strongest smelling weed I've ever seen in my life. One nuggle, like, smell up a whole building. It smells like a lemon cake dipped in gasoline. The terpene profile is insane. Like, I think when I got it tested, it was before it was in the threes uh, or something. And it's not green right now. So we're literally not running it. In ro- I mean, it's not purple. Sorry. We literally don't have it in rotation because it's not purple. I see. It okay. It kills me. Uh, hey, Dylan, come here. So the, one of the guys in my band, you like this story. So I love, like, certain strength genetics, right? When I was on tour with Cypress Hill one time, this grower from Michigan, he brought me a, a clone. It was a Gorilla Cookies clone. It was Gorilla Glue mixed with Girl Scout cookies. It was in a tiny little like uh, clone shipper pot. It was like dead. I was like, uh, I appreciate it, but what am I supposed to do with this? I got to floor, <laughs> and it's like raining outside. It's freezing. I was like, I don't know. I just like, I was like, I got to trash this, man. I'm sorry. The dude in my band was like, hell no. He put it in his bunk, and every night he turned the light on it. He'd bring it in the hotel rooms and put it in the sun, and he'd give it water. <laughs> like for a month, he kept That's it alive. It wasn't, it wasn't right, but he kept it alive, right? And then finally, when I got home, I was like, okay, well, you still have it. I'm just going to bring it to my facility. I put in like a mother pot, kept growing it, growing it. I turned a huge mom. I literally cut like 100,000 clones over the years from that one little clone. <laughs> I Damn. So hard. I probably pulled like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds from that one clone. And then I got the hops Latin virus and just like decimated the. Like oh. it couldn't, for some reason, that strain couldn't handle it. All those trimmers were calling it zombie weed destroyed that strain but it was like a yielder it smelled good and it was frosty but all from that one clone on that tour he carried it around with him like if he take it to catering with him he'd sit at like you know the catering table have his little plant with him and <laughs> like, that guy okay he's got that little plant i was like yeah it's like a weed clone like, he's bringing you know some kids some people bring their kids some people bring their spouses Baby, little baby, little baby. They're all babies to somebody. Plant, and then B real is walking by. He's like, I know what that is. Come on, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is why we do this. This is this is the real. This is how it should be, you know. And and it's great for everybody that comes on and listens to our show and stuff. This is what we try to do. We try to bring out what's really going on, just stories, you know. We kick back, we talk. Um, but I do have to ask kind of something a little serious because people always want me to ask certain things and. You know, we, we see a lot of legacy musicians getting their music catalog and publishing rights bought. And now Harborview Equity Partners just purchased the publishing recorded music catalog of Hollywood Undead. 
So obviously let's talk a little bit about how about that deal and how the music industry has gone buying catalogs of established artists overplaying the game of streaming to social media to push out music. Cause I remember you said we made a deal with the devil at some point cause we had to. I mean, in that sense, it's like that, that could have been the smartest or dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm not going to know till 10 years down the road. So in my opinion, like, so say you get money from streaming. The reason why I started growing weed was because uh, physical sales weren't selling, right? This was like 10 years ago. I was going on tour, selling out shows. I owed the record label a shit ton of money. So I was just like, dude, how am I selling out shows and not even, I can't even pay my fucking rent. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. So I was just like, Streaming wasn't well, you got it. Wait, wait, let's talk about this because you're selling out shows. I, I read something. You're selling out shows. You're going on tour for like six, eight weeks, and you're coming back with like three grand. Worried about yeah. paying your rent. I mean, people need to understand what's going on. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. We were signed to it's called a 360 deal. I think they're illegal now. I hope so. And so basically, <laughs> they take half your merch. Like the shit that the record, the music industry will do is like give you an advance on let's say like oh right, here's a million dollar merch advance but we're taking half of that because you uh you're on a 360 deal but you're responsible to pay back that whole million dollars even though they took half so you have to tour and pay back the million even though you only took 500 like that's a one of the worst oh. loans you could possibly have so that's the kind of shit that kept happening to us and when so when that happened um we're going on tour. I'm like, all our merch money is going to pay back this debt. You know, like out of like fucking all this money, I only walked away with like 40 grand or some shit. 40 grand, like, you know, somebody's broke. I fucking flew through that in like four months. So I was like, I didn't even buy cars. I didn't buy nothing. I just like partied my ass off. So next thing you know, I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, how am I playing these shows? Come back with three grand. So this was before like Airbnb. I was posting ads on Craigslist to like rent my room out in Hollywood. And there was fucking weirdos staying in my bedroom when I was gone. My room. I can imagine. They're like, dude, this dude is like fucking licking the pots in the kitchen. Like fucking. Like every time I left, they hated it. They're like, this guy comes out at 3 a.m. with like his little electronic keyboard and plays music in the middle of the night. Scares the fuck out of me. Like weird shit was going on. But I was having to go on Craigslist and fucking post ads to rent my room out because I could not afford my room when I was going on tour. So finally, I was like, dude, this is insane. Streaming wasn't a thing. Sales weren't selling. I owed so much money. I was like, I need to make money. So I was like, I'm going to sell my car and set up space in the garage to start growing. Because, like, my friend showed up. He had, like, a jar of weed that was, like, a pound. And he was, uh, fucking, I think he was, uh, he was from the Rolling 60 Crips, like, down south. And he's like, check this out. I was like, I've never seen that much weed in my life. How much is that worth? He was like, that is worth, right back, he's like, right now, like, $2,000. I was like, you fucking kidding me? I make $2,000 in two months. <laughs> right. How long it take right. to grow that? He's like, two months. I was like, okay, I'm in. So I sold my car and I just started from there. But then it became like an obsession after that shit. Like, you know, once I started like uh, mixing the nutrients and like setting the pumps up and like, I only set up like two tents. I was like, this is insane. I was like, I fucking love this. My girl at the time was mad at me. She said, you need to get the fuck out of there. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I can't. So, you know, so fast forward is, you know, basically weathered the storm. So to answer your question is like, that's why I started growing and selling to publishing is like, it's either a great idea or a bad idea. I personally want to be in charge of my like money and shit. Like I like to invest in the growing cause I, that's what I do. So it's like now I have, I have like 10 years of my income all at once. It's basically what happened in 10 years. I might fucking shoot myself and be like, damn, I'm not getting, you know, I just spent all that money and I could have kept getting checks forever. Or I can take that money and invest it and make it into more. 
So it's basically like let's just let's just like throw a dollar amount out there, say a million dollars. Like, I'm actually curious what you guys would do if someone's like, you can get a million dollars spread over the next ten years, but then you're not getting it anymore, or take a million dollars now and invest it. Like, what do you think you would do? Well, it's funny because this is the lottery question. This is the question that everybody asks when you see the $50 million, oh, I'm going to win the lottery. What are you going to do with the money? Now, nobody really understands that this is what they get. They get this same dilemma. They they pay it over. Uh, uh, America's Got Talent or, you know, like American Idol or anything. They all get the same deal. It's either you get a certain amount of money up front with no rights and then you or you 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 know, you string it out. Right. And I think, I think it's an individual, individual question because it depends on where you are in your music career. What do you want to do? Where do you think it's going to take you? But what opportunities do you have right now? I.E. cannabis situation that you could take now and have your money work for you. If your money can work for you, double, triple, quadruple for what you could make in that amount of time, then you got to take the deal. You got you got to take that's that. That's how I feel, but I, I'm in control. Of that a lot of people don't understand that. Like, oh, take the money and they go buy dumb shit like jet skis and fucking motorbikes. No, well, I didn't say that. I said make money, yeah. <laughs> not waste money. You know, and that's and that's kind of obviously where you got Richard here. You know, getting him into the helm and obviously helping you with this. He he seems, and we got to get Richard a little more involved, so we'll get him talk to him a little bit more. But but my point is, is that that's I feel something that nobody understands that struggle. And if you were in that situation now, you know, again, we talked to a lot of athletes, something like that. That's different. You're betting on yourself. You could get injured. There's something you're, you're not, you, you know, your future. They're telling you it's 10 years of this or lump sum upfront. I mean, it's not like I might get injured in two years. I mean, it it is what it is. Um, And like I said, if you're smart about what you do, I think you did the right choice. You know, if you're going to go blow your money and, uh, you know, then obviously you made the wrong decision because that money will compound and you will make money down the line because there's a lot of ways that, but who knows? Now let's get into this. Who knows where music's going to be in 10 years? I don't know. No more CDs, no more A tracks, no more tapes. Everything's digital. What happens if they come up with something that we don't even know about? AI. Just going to be AI generated bullshit. All right. Yeah. like my band could be huge in 10 years it could be obsolete it's a gamble either way but since we're on the subject of money like you know richard had a a very successful like concrete company i mean i don't want to throw numbers here but i'm pretty sure he was clearing over 70 grand a month you know what i mean for him and like he gave all that up for this industry and he's making like peanuts right now but he doesn't regret it one bit because he's like i love this shit you know what i mean you know about that richard yeah, Richard, I'd love to hear that because we're we all we've all paid our our dues and still paying them. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that, Richard. Yeah, just just, just kind of like you're explaining it, the the kind of one lump sum of something what can happen in ten years. I think when I started this with Jarrell, uh, him and I really hit it off, and I knew Jarrell was a lot smarter in the head and number wise, you know, kind of like myself. And I've done construction my whole life, so. It was a time, kind of like you say, I, I got an offer to sell it, and it kind of worked out of being like, I'll take it now. I don't know where my company would have been in 10 years, and I know that Darrell and I could grow this within that 10 years and probably double or triple the money. So, of course, I, I fell in love with this industry. Like I say, Darrell said, we we kind of 
don't ever quit talking to each other about it until midnight or one o'clock in the morning. It's like it's not in my blood. I don't have the experience or the time that Jarrell has, but um, we've actually built something really good here together, and I believe 100% into it. I put everything I have into it now, and I sold my other company, retired out of that, and this is this is all I do now. So we're going to make it work one way or another, and we're going to make it worth enough money where hopefully we can both retire again later on. So, yeah, the one lump sum is definitely, I feel like, where it's at if you're smart enough to invest it correctly. The best, the, um, my large, yeah. the best thing yeah. about this industry is, like, it is what you make it. You know, Richard's done time. You know what I mean? How many, how many, a lot of my friends have, how many dudes, like, have that chance in life? You don't. But in this industry, if you were, like, honest and work hard and dedicated, you're going to last. Like, where, where can a guy like myself or you guys or Richard do something like that? Like, I, it's not possible. I can't just go to med school and be like, I want to own this hospital. Like, they're going to laugh at me and be like, you're not part of the right family. You weren't born with the right name type shit. So, That's for sure. You know, I'm not part, I'm not the Kaiser family, whatever you want to call it. But dudes like Richard and I gave everybody a shot. Like, dude, you can literally own your own company and be successful if you're willing to do what it takes. You know what I mean? That's what I love about cannabis. It's like that shit leveled the playing field. Obviously, there's a lot of people trying to make quick money, but they come and go. You know what I mean? Like one of my very good friends FaceTimed me the other day and he's like, I'm out. I was like, dude, you're like one of the biggest trappers in Southern California. He's like, I got shot three times this year. He's like, I'm done. He's like, I'm, I'm so over this lifestyle. It's like easy come, easy go. You know what I mean? He's like, I lost millions this year and that's I'm pretty much broke now. He's like, I'm just done. So that was one of the reasons why I want to go on the legal side. I was like, I, ain't, dude, dude, I don't give a fuck about cars. You know, I don't give a fuck about that shit. I'm not trying to like buy Rolexes. I'm trying to like leave a legacy, you know what I mean? Of like a fucking a brand name. Oh, yeah. like, like You know what? That is probably one of the realest things we've had somebody on the show talk about. Because the truth is is that everything you just said is the absolute truth or even why I do it and why everybody does it. It's I, we, you know, I, I obviously went the legal route. I always try to do it. We're, we're trying to do things that help people in different ways. It's not just about the plant, but you know, medical conditions and things like that. But like you said, you know, you can make your own narrative. You're yeah. not defined by your social class or where you are. It's, it, I wish, you know, people are like, well, it's the American dream, right? But it's not, it's not the American dream for everything. Yes, the athletes that work hard. What, we think that athletes don't work hard? Athletes are busting their ass. They're getting, but how many actually make it to the NFL or the NBA or the NHL? So, what is it, like 1% or something like that? It's very, right? Very Probably even less, yeah. Yeah, and, got the best uh, quarterback in the country, and he don't even make it to the NFL. <laughs> right. Or, you know, so so now you think about something where you would feel, uh, okay, or a let's say a musician, right? Could be the best guitarist, could be the best vocalist, could be, doesn't have the right band, doesn't have the right shot, doesn't get noticed, doesn't get, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of different options, right? So that is a huge point that you bring up, and the fact of, that's what we do. You know, we we're busting our ass every single day trying to bring out things that nobody has had. But I think you said it the best. You know, I don't need a car. I don't need this. I need my dream and my passion to to move this business and do what I got to do. And I just felt when I got into it, which was which was more than 10 years ago. So I worked on, you know, Epidiolex. So the first FDA regulated 
you know, so, so CBD was regulated for epilepsy, for Epidilex. And then, you know, with Veritas Farms and Medterra and everything else, I just saw that the idea was, is I want to be able to bank the money. I wanted to be able to do the things legally, but it's been a struggle. I mean, we're, you know, every, even me, my crew, my team, my farm, everything, everybody's putting their blood, sweat and tears into something that has just, um, we all have a passion for to not only we enjoy the plant helping people, but the culture, everything. And people need to know, you know, and, and that's what I love that you're saying. You're speaking from the heart. It really levels the playing field. Like go out there, do everything you can to be the best you can. But it will now, as long as you diversify, right? So yeah. you have to be flexible, like you said. Okay, well, we're opening up another another uh, grow house. So, or, or is it a field grow house? Is it? Or you said you're opening up another division. It's in a grow house, though, correct? It's indoor. Where is it? Yeah, we're adding grow. Yeah. Okay. So, so there you go. Now you know. I mean, you have to see. You, you're right now. It's purple, right? This is what people are after. People want. Whatever it is, it's sneakers or they want a specific name brand or they need it's you got to go with the times of what it is. Um, But is your product good? Is it sustainable? Can you be different than somebody else? That's what's going to and that in my business on the hemp side has been a struggle. So I got to ask you a question because you know exactly what I'm talking about, because so CBD just popped up at gas stations. There's a meme that I fucking remember. It made me laugh like out loud. It's like. I need to buy my CBD from a reputable source, like global, you know. <laughs> right. CBD gas station, like that's garbage. But it's not like I don't, I don't know too much about it, but I know like the big pulls back. Others, I've taken like real CBD. Whoa, this is fucking, insane. you know. But so it's kind of hard to get your hands on. So from from your standpoint, how are you weathering the storm of people like debunking your product? You know? Like, oh, that's, that shit don't work. That's snake oil. But it's like, oh, yeah, not oil, but not mine. How I mean, could you have teed up a question any better? I don't think it's even possible. <laughs> I literally don't think it's possible to tee up a question any better. No. Okay. So here's the thing. We fought this for ever since we started. And I say to people, well, if you had a medical condition, would you go to a gas station? No. Right? Yeah. You go to somebody that's reputable. You would want to, right? You'd go to a doctor. So the way that we got in is we went to creating custom formulations for specific disease states, going directly to doctors and healthcare professionals, where we only sell to doctors and healthcare professionals or pharmacies, you know, where where we're USDA certified organic, we're kosher, we're non-GMO. And but making the plant the big part of it. But now what we do is we mix molecules, active ingredients for a specific disease state, and we add it so we make it better. So when we compete against somebody that has CBD, it's not a fair fight because it's never going to be apples to apples. I have a full spectrum oil that has 167 cannabinoids. They have something that maybe has one or two, but that's where they stop. We have uh, all these other ingredients in our products that help to a, a specific disease state and so when, areas i'm sorry say that again you're targeting certain areas right so we 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 target pain inflammation sleep anxiety depression but we do formulas that have been proven naturally to treat a certain condition 
and then we make it when it has no side effects or no contraindications or no drug on drug interaction. So our products are really competing against pharmaceuticals, not other cannabis companies. Now my oil, best oil. You, we're, we're obviously, we're going to keep you on because I want to get all your information. We're going to send you some awesome stuff, some swag and some products, but you're going to try it and you're going to go, wow, that's, that's what hemp and CBD full spectrum oil is supposed to feel like and what it actually does. Yeah. And most people want that and they don't want the high. They just have medical conditions. They want to get better and they don't want side effects. So my mom terrified of THC. I heard about CBD, but I I'm like, look, mom, I know it helps. I can't get, I don't know where to get because there was such a shit storm of CBD market, you know, like all over the world. You know, I was in like Switzerland, like all just like blood. But anywhere there's money, you know, there's Christers. So it's like all of a sudden, CBD's everywhere. And I'm like, I was a proponent, believer of it. I'm like, I know it works, but like, I started going to like health food stores and buying it. And I, was like, I don't feel like it's working. She didn't feel like it was working. Some of it was making me nauseous. So I didn't like have the, the knowledge or education to like guide her because everyone's cramming like crap down your throat. You know what I mean? Like, we have the best, you need full spectrum, you need this spectrum. And that's what's like, it's almost like, um, like when fucking outdoors we start every year start flooding the market i'm just like people are like oh i don't like it. it gives me a headache it hurts my throat i'm like you're smoking the wrong weed man you know so it's like how do you how do you fight that stigma because like my mom's turned off on cbd like, oh it doesn't work the well the first the first thing that i did uh years ago is create a unified now this is not a regulation but all the products that we're part of with purewell is the coa is right on the box why is that important people have you know certificates of analysis right but the thing is they only have maybe one page Ours is full of, you know, it's nine pages that talks about the origin, the pesticides, the heavy metals, the actual content of what you're getting, the terpene profile, the, you know, all of, you know, you know uh, pesticides, heavy metals, I said that, um, just everything that you would want to know that you wish that you had for everything, right? I mean, could you imagine going to McDonald's and getting <laughs> a COA on a burger? I mean, you would want to read it, right? But, but I'm just saying, so you want it, that's the step one, right? So we put that and we made that a regulation where we put it on that. The fact that we're USDA certified organic, kosher, non-GMO, all these good things, that's very, very important as well because you know where it's coming from. It's sustainable. Um, you know how, again, we don't from use, China. It's not from China. It's not from, and, and you know, you laugh, but there's a lot of stuff that's being imported from all over because they're cutting costs just like anything else. As Darrell's talking about, okay, hold on. Um, we we, you know, it's, it's wild you're talking about that because me and Darrell have talked many a times about trying to break into the market to actually help help children. Um, I'm sure you deal with that a lot with CBD veterans. I hang out with a, a big group of my good friends are Navy SEALs, and um, they ask constantly, you know, I wish y'all would do something with the cannabis world that you can save our lives because, um, like he tells me, 25 to 30 uh Navy SEAL veterans kill themselves every day, every day. Wow. Due to kill 22. I mean, all kill you 22, do is man. fill them oh. with opiums. Yeah. So it's like me and Darrell have talked about this. We, and then you bringing this up of how you work directly with doctors and that I wish we had a market for that here and able to take it elsewhere because it truly does. It saves people alive. We did a, a, a kind of a little convention here a few months ago and 
uh, a little girl saved her life from from cannabis uh, and she got up on stage and was able to talk and wasn't supposed to live another day and she's sitting there living proof so i know it truly helps people but that's hard when everybody's here trying yeah. to make a dollar and and break into that market to be like this can really save your life then their insurance won't cover them so you, you've actually done a really tough market and it's i love hearing you say how you can do it and how you're being able to treat people with doctors and everything else so that's amazing to hear that that's cool yeah. it's split down the middle of the divide like for instance my mom like she's just a guy just of drugs but my girl's mom my brother-in-law she's a retired got uh, like her body is toast and she smokes weed and take cannabis because she's like, like i can't believe i'm in pain if i don't so it's like how is my mother-in-law so with it and my mom so yeah definitely i want you guys both to stay on after so i can get all your stuff and we can we, i'm telling you you know, hopefully we could work together somehow. I mean, I have I have things that I think you'll love. Oh, that'd be amazing. I think he got disconnected. What he was trying to say is his mother-in-law now, she was, uh, she's a huge old Navy, old Navy uh, veteran up and down on the ships uh, pretty much her whole life. She oh, wow. actually Good. takes cannabis now. So she, that's what he's trying to explain. Like his mom is still kind of hurting because she can't get on the cannabis, but the mother-in-law smokes and does what she does every day with cannabis and she's pretty pain free from it, you know, when she does it. So, you know, similar as you do with the CBD, it's, it's, it's just, how do you break into that market in cannabis when a lot of people still don't believe in it, you know? So it's, it's crazy what you've done with that. It's amazing. It gives people, you know, hope too. So that's, that's really cool. Well, it hasn't been easy. That's for no, sure. I'm sure it hasn't been easy. What you're talking about is like, you know, me and Jarrell have talked about it in our team many a times, but it's just like, where do you break into this market? And they still won't give kids cannabis here. You have to get a lawyer and fight it. And we've even wanted to do charities to try to pay for these people's lawyers and how to do it. Um, same thing for veterans. You know that if you go to, you pop a drug test, they're not paying for your medicine no more. So your opiates are out of your life and, you know, no telling what will happen. Well, hold on. You not having opiates might not be a bad thing. But but what I'm saying to you is, is that, like, we create something that, you know, helps combat with people that have, you know, opiate addictions and, and inflammation with no yeah. side effects. But, but um, okay, but let's go back to the fact that I had a special agent that I was on yesterday. I mean, FBI agent that I was talking to. Completely they believe in it. Everything can't can't even use cbd and and the oh, government's yeah. supposedly trying to open up these things but they <laughs> i mean they're they're not allowed to so you have somebody that's in the government or working in the army or and knows the benefits can't use it because of testing that's, but, that's so whack like that's ridiculous my just since we're on the subject like my my father passed away he had a, a cirrhosis of the liver like stage four that's a guaranteed death sentence right right so yeah you know, back then it's like you, you know he was in county hospital like, we didn't have any money and i just started like getting into growing so they're putting him all these pills from the hospital that shit was making him sleepwalk like i went to a motley crew concert on new year's eve i was like oh it's badass i took some ecstasy i was like this is fucking dope having a time of my life two songs in my sister calls me she's like the cops have dad he just he's attacking people on the street so I, had Holy to leave, shit. I had to leave the show the cops have my dad like in the dirt and handcuffs you know he's like a 69 year old man and i'm like all right at the time, I didn't think it was that bad because I saw an ecstasy. I was like, it ain't so bad. I was going to say. Long story short, I brought him home. And then I was, he was like, you got like some fucking some weed or something. So I gave him like some medicated peanut butter. I was like, a tiny ass spoon. I was like, don't take more than that. 
I put him to bed, and then he snuck out in the middle of the night, ate the whole fucking jar. And then he, <laughs> he thought he was dead, and he had to like, he was like, oh my god, I was trying to call nine one one. My hand wouldn't work. I thought it was dead. Fast forward, so he's in the hospital, right? We're bringing him back and forth. He's very, very sick at this point, and they keep giving him these pills that are sleepwalking. He's not fucking eating. Like he's fucked up. So one of the dudes in my band was like, "Do me a favor. I'm gonna give you a bunch of trim. Like make some edibles for my dad." He ate like one brownie, fucking slept for like 10 hours, woke up and ate. He's like, man, I haven't felt this good in a month. And he's like, can you make me more? I was like, of course. So I take him to the hospital next time. You know, he's, he's already dying. It's happening. And no. the hospital's like, hey, we found THC in his system. If he tests positive again, we're pulling him off Medicare and he can't bring him back here. And I was just like talking to the fucking nurse and I, you know, I was so mad. And I was like, whatever you're giving him is making him attack people. He can't fucking sleep. He's sleepwalking. He's a fucking zombie that's dying. What's wrong with a weed brownie to make him sleep and eat? They're like, we don't care if we find THC. His, his Medicare is like cut off. Like, I'm like, so you're going to let him die in his apartment by himself because you can't, you can't eat a weed brownie. He's like, nope, can't have it. And I was just like, I, I had to stop giving them to him because he needed the hospital more than he needed me to like to sleep. You know what I mean? Like, so it was just like the divide. I was like, you guys are fucked. Like, you know, this is in, um, hold on. This is in California. Where yeah, is this? California, yes, in Los Angeles. That is odd. Wait, how many years was this? I don't know how long ago this uh, was. So. This was probably the 2017. Okay, all right, but, but, but pretty recent. I mean, 2017. Yeah. We're not we're not full wreck, but we're definitely a medicinal level at that point in California. But when if when if I don't know how the hospital's still standing. I would have yeah. burnt that fucker down. Yeah. <laughs> what, but, what, when did wreck go California? What do you what, you know? What year wreck was in California? I don't, I don't remember uh, off the top, top of my head. head no. No. Okay. But, but my point, it's 2015. Okay. So you're at full wreck in 2015. All right. Now <laughs> you're in 2017. This is clearly helping a man deal with, okay, maybe terminal fine, but quality of life and, and obviously helping him for so many other reasons that we won't even get into, but there's other things that cannabis is doing to help him with inflammation and some other, you know, we won't go into cancer and you know, all this stuff either. But, but my point is, is that, and I've heard from two podcasts ago, they said, listen, the, the nurses and doctors goes, listen, we have nothing for you. Why don't you go and find a dispensary yeah. and make you feel better? And this was just, we just heard about this maybe, you know, about a week ago. So yeah. look how time has changed in just three or four years. But to, to give, to cut somebody off that was obviously giving them relief because they'll test positive. So they'll get kicked off of Medicare. I yeah. mean, people, you have to understand this. This is why we're doing this show. There is so much going on behind the scenes of what's going. Oh, that's so I, heartbreaking. I you, heartbreaking. I that, that the same situation we're having today. One of the nurses like messaged me like later after he was gone, like, man, like your dad was really cool. We talked about you a lot. He's like, I can't believe what happened. He's like, I, I, I don't know what to say to you. I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? Like fight, you know, the, the system. I mean, it's people like us. We're never trained to do this. You know, we're like, no one put us through like guerrilla warfare school. None of that stuff. Like we're teaching ourselves as we're going. And that's what I said. Mm -hmm. like, dudes like us have a voice all the time. You know, without this, no. That's pipe, but I'm glad that doing stuff like this, I could like expose these motherfuckers. 
Right, and that's just what's all we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. But and it's and it's also to spread the word and and to let people know that it doesn't have to be a bad name and a a dirty word or a stigma to cannabis and 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 that's why I would love to talk to you guys after and and see how we can you know work together somehow. But yeah, I mean, imagine me doing this eight years ago and talking to a doctor, or even five years ago, and the doctor's like, "No, no, no, this isn't in any of the books that I read about." You know, you know, this is, yeah, that's because for a lot of reasons, the books that you read are actually funded by Big Pharma. So let's yeah. talk about that. But, uh, you know, we won't get into, let me get you all started. Yeah. But all I'm saying is, is that it's, there's a lot going on with, again, politics and everything we see, what you think you see and what you don't see. Well, and at least the yeah. younger generation is catching up, you know, like. Uh, you know, I love my mom, but I just feel like she, she needs to be a little more open about certain things. You know what I mean? But like she made up her mind. A lot of people in this world made up their mind. You're not going to convince them otherwise. But at least us talking to the generation below is like, hey, if it's not for you, it's not for you. I, I, I constantly tell kids, like I know a lot of kids look up to me, like don't think you need to like smoke weed or do that because of me. You know what I mean? Like don't let me influence you. Like if it's not for you, it's not for you. Don't feel like you need to. You don't need this shit to be cool. You know, if this is a lot of medicine for a lot of people. And if you don't need it, you don't like it, don't fucking do it. But, you know, it's like, um, I feel like it's not enough honesty. Like, yo, smoke my shit, it's the best. I'm like, don't smoke it. You know what I mean? Don't force yourself to like it. If you don't like it, don't smoke weed. You know, don't develop a, a lifestyle that's not yours. So it's like, it just needs to be more honesty everywhere, you know? Oh, couldn't have said more it. More honesty and with, with more stories. I mean, that's exactly how you're going to get, you know, the word out. And people should hopefully start understanding the words with the stigma and think there's a problem. This is why you kind of counter that, you know, telling about personal issues that really had, you know, beneficial uh, outcomes to them. Yeah, 100%. You know, I got to say, I think we should go on for a second round of this. We're going to have to wrap it up only just for, for so many yeah, reasons. Like, I, I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> so sure, we're going to have to have, we're going to have to section two version two of this, this conversation. So let's table it. Um, like I said, th- you guys, everybody that listens to the show, we love the support. Uh, if there's anything we could have said, we've done better. Ask us more questions, obviously like subscribe, follow, review us. Uh, iHeartRadio, tuned in, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that. Everywhere you find any of your podcasts there. And then obviously, of course, if you want to check out, you guys follow you at the uh, Hollywood Undead or check you out there. And uh, Ram's Head Cannabis as well. We want to make sure you guys uh, get the uh, proper look at, too. So we thank you guys for your time for everything. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Pete. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.